Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's a challenge that's allowed by the Supreme Court. Nope, sorry, not the Supreme Court, the Constitution. You see, the Supreme Court didn't take the case. That's different than whether or not the case has merit, and you can still argue the case doesn't have merit. Whether we're talking about Texas or whether we're talking about the issues in Pennsylvania. Justice Alito and Justice Thomas said we should take these cases because these are about the states, and that's our job. This is what we do, people. And when the Supreme Court decides not to take a case, there is a check, a balance that is allowed from the Constitution. Specifically on this conversation of electors. So why is it all of a sudden such a thing, such a problem, that Ted Cruz and Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, a whole host of others, are going to say, we're going to take a look and challenge some of these electors. Because things happen in this election that are not on the up and up. Ted Cruz's point of view is to discuss the idea of allegations. Now, in doing so, what he's saying is, we think there's an issue. We just want to take a look. What we should do is an audit of the election. Take 10 days. We'll have plenty of time before uh, the inauguration. Let's go. He's, you know covering himself on a multiplicity of angles. I can get that. Because we can have a conversation about politics and we can have a conversation about the Constitution. Conversations about politics, well, everybody can have an opinion. Everyone can have a point of view about what they see in the politics of challenging the electors. That is different than whether or not the electors can be challenged. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Oh, yes, they can be challenged, and there's nothing wrong with it. It is not the usurpation of, of the votes of the people or the will of the people. This is mythology. Pay no attention whatsoever to the Jake Tappers of the world. It is because he is preparing for one last-ditch effort to overturn the election results, one that is doomed to fail. It will happen next week when Congress meets to certify Joe Biden's electoral college win. That will be on Wednesday. Just minutes ago, two House Republicans told me that they expect at least 140 Republican members of the House to vote against counting the electoral votes for Joe Biden. Now, there's absolutely no way this effort to undo the Democratic free and fair election will succeed in Congress. But this is where the president is focused, and he is getting help from many Republicans in Congress on this futile effort at more political power, at undoing democracy. Wrong statement, Jake. It could be a futile effort. I put forth to you it is a futile effort. But it has, it has some issue with attacking democracy. This is not true. It's not true. That's the one thing that is definitely not happening here. It is not going against democracy. It is ensuring that the system matters more than the ends. Today's progressive party is telling you that the ends justify the means. This is their argument. We got Joe Biden. Don't worry about the rest. 
That is not a way to go about things. That is not a way to go about things. The system has to matter. And if in Pennsylvania, as we know, it's, and by the way, it's fact, the courts usurp the authority of the legislative branch in allowing for certain types of ballots and then allowing for uh, extension of, of when those ballots come in. We know that certain counties allowed for ballot curing when other counties were never given that option or didn't you know, violate law. So you had people who didn't get a chance to cure their ballot. You know, they missed the signatures. So they came come in and, and add a signature. Those people got disenfranchised if they never got that opportunity in all those other counties that weren't Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. We know these things. Should we simply sit by and just be like, oh, well. As a matter of the Constitution, is that what we should be doing? Simply sitting uh, to the sidelines and saying, oh, well. Is Ted Cruz right? Is Ted Cruz wrong in this challenge? Yes, you already have over 100 members of Congress who are going to engage the challenge. You already know Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, is going to. But what is Ted Cruz's point of view here? Uh, look, we're at an extraordinary time in our country's history. We, we went into this election with the country deeply divided, deeply polarized, and we've seen in the last two months unprecedented allegations of voter fraud. And, and, and that's produced a deep, deep distrust of our democratic process across the country. I think we in Congress have an obligation to do something about that. We have an obligation to protect the integrity of the democratic system. And, and so this past week, I spent writing out a position and assembling a group that ultimately of 11 senators that we put out yesterday that we will together object to certification in order to force the appointment of an emergency uh, electoral commission to perform an emergency audit of the election results to, to assess these claims of frauds. I think we can do that. We can do it promptly. We can do it in 10 days before the inauguration. But I think we have an obligation to the voters and we have an obligation to the Constitution to ensure that this election was lawful. Now, there are many Republicans upset with this. National Review is out of their head about it. And I think wrote a uh, editor's note that confuses the situation specifically this was done a look at the electors and 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 removing of electors in the election of rutherford b hayes 1870 i forget what it was the point that national review wants to make is that there were serious not only allegations of abuse but proof of abuse of people being kept from the polls attacks on on, on black voters free voters uh, certainly you got to think of the time frame Lots of illegality. And how dare you make a comparison to Rutherford B. Hayes and the, and the response I would give is, okay, so what fraud are you all right with? Now, where fraud is where we get all into sorts of trouble, right? Because we're saying that somebody uh, was named Tom, but they voted as someone named Sue, right? That's how we think of fraud. So don't think of it as, as fraud in that way. But rather... Do we have situations like Pennsylvania? Do we have situations like in Georgia, where you have the ballots coming from under a table? There is video of a poll worker running uh, ballots through a scanner, right? Counting the ballots. And she does the same ballots five times in a row. Why? You don't think that's odd? I think that's odd. I want to know what it means. Right now, I don't know what it means. I want to know what it means.
You have issues in places, and there is a constitutional prescription. Maybe this wouldn't be the case if the Supreme Court had actually heard the case and listened to Alito and listened to Clarence Thomas. But the thing I have to warn about, I have to share about, is the idea that this is going to overturn Joe Biden, right? That's the expression they're trying to, oh, you're going to try to overturn the election. Well, if electors were improperly selected because rules were broken in the states, uh, it's not any overturning anything. It's making it right, first and foremost. But secondly, the question here is, will this work? Could you replace Biden electors with Trump electors as you have some electors in certain states that were Trump electors because the, 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 the parties made sure that that was the, the, the case? Or could you have states where you just simply do not, for lack of a better word, seat those electors because of impropriety in those states? The idea that both could happen in one kind of form or another to either get Donald Trump over 270 or to get Joe Biden under 270, thus bringing the election to the House of Representatives and to the Senate, less than 1%. And it's t- you have to just accept that reality. My argument is whether or not you are allowed to engage the challenge, well, of course you are. The people out there, the Jake Tappers of the world, the Democratic Party here, there, and everywhere, the pseudo-intellectuals who are, are, uh, are the talking heads, saying that somehow this is wrong, this is un-American, this is unconstitutional, all of that is not true. And they are the ones you should look at as suspect because they don't believe that the Constitution should matter. They believe that the ends justify the means, that the systems are irrelevant, Those are people who shouldn't be near power. And if you voted for Joe Biden, watch that. Because maybe you got your guy. But if people out there are so desperate to have your guy that they won't even pay attention to the Constitution, what did you really get? I have got much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So they vandalized Nancy Pelosi's house. Don't cheer. They vandalized Mitch McConnell's house. Don't cheer. Seriously, people, get a hold of yourself. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I appreciate everybody with the good wishes about the uh, the time change. It's, it's a very interesting year, 2021, uh, and a happy new year. Um, this actually was not the plan. We had a series of plans that we were starting to implement about this time, right? February, I would say, of 2020. We were knee-deep in, in impeachment this time uh, last year. And we had a bunch of plans we were going to do with the show, and then well, coronavirus hit and ended every plan. And yet, oddly enough, we are in like this this one-year delay. The only thing we didn't have was this this time change, right? We were not expecting this, but... Some pieces came together. The opportunity existed. uh, And I'm a boy who has uh, taken an opportunity or two in my life. And so that's why we're here. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We will take uh, your calls. The vandalism that took place at Nancy Pelosi's house and at Mitch McConnell's house is very interesting. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. You need to read what was said. 
Because at Nancy Pelosi's house, okay, they had a pig head in red paint that they left there. That's pretty nasty. That's pretty messed up in front of her garage. They painted on the garage, 2K, cancel rent, we want everything. On Mitch McConnell's house, they painted, where's my money, and Mitch kills the poor. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. Mitch kills the poor. Nancy Pelosi waited months to engage in any kind of providing of aid in order to try and win an election, but it's Mitch's fault. It's Mitch's fault because President Trump brought up the idea of $2,000. He didn't like the $600 that was in the COVID relief bill, so he goes to the Twitter box. Hello. Hey, sir. And says, uh, 2000 And then Democrats said, 2000 Yes! 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 They loved it. They adored it. They could not get enough of it. And then Mitch McConnell said, can everyone just slow down for a second? And the next day he said, okay, $2,000, but get rid of Section 230 and and have our, let's put together a a panel to take a look at the election. And Democrats said, we don't care about people that much. And that was the end of the 2000, which could come back, I guess. You you never know. But always know that the $2,000 was a made up number. It came out of the air. I mean, why 2000? It, it, there's there's no science, there's no math, there's no anything behind 2000. Why not 5000? I mean, why not really get some people some money? What would you rather have, producer Ari? Would you rather have $2000 or would you rather have $5000? Ah, uh, let me check my map. I'll take the 5000, please. That's all I'm saying. So if we're going to just make up numbers, do it. So people are angry that there's only $600 of direct uh payments, direct assistance. I believe there should be zero in direct assistance. I believe that Dr. Matt Will, the economist at the University of Indianapolis, has it right. I believe that Nicole Gelinas of the Manhattan Institute, um, uh, City Journal, writing in the New York Post, has it right. If we want to bolster unemployment and ensure that people who really need the help get the help, okay. If you, uh, the, the, the local government, the state government, shut down uh, the business of this one, that one, and the other one in an arbitrary and capricious fashion without any basis on science... That's what happened when you shut down bars and restaurants. And by the way, even if you had a basis in science, you still don't have the right to shut down the bars and the restaurants. One man's take. I'm, uh, I'm willing to fight you on the subject. But you don't, you don't even have... The, the, you, it's, if you had the science, you'd have at least an argument. You don't even have the science. You just don't have it. You shut these people down, you may have to help them. I have no issue with that thought process. But why don't we help people who actually need it you know this idea that uh was a mitch mcconnell says it's just a payout uh to the rich and some people are like eighty thousand a year if you're single or 150,000 a couple it's not rich i agree that's not rich the conversation is who needs the assistance well if we put the money into the economy it'll get spent and it'll get make the economy move better great we're all keynesians now john maynard keynes Right? We're talking about economics here. Me, I'm a Hayek guy. What can I say? So no, I'm not buying into the, into the claptrap. I believe that that's the way, if we're going to do these things, that's the way to do it. But go back to what they, what they wrote. Where's my money? 
on on one. Cancel rent and 2K on the other. We want everything. That was what was on Nancy Pelosi's house. And you realize none of this has to do with direct payments whatsoever. We want everything. Cancel rent. Where's my money? Which was spelled, by the way, W-E-R-E-S. So clearly your money is not in uh, spelling classes or in education of any kind. And you realize that what these people want is things. My father, who is 82, has for maybe the majority of my adult life said, you will reach an age and it will happen in your lifetime where people carry signs that say, give me something. I swear to you, I was, I, I was, a, I was a very young man when my father started talking about that stuff. I grew up differently than you, guaranteed your money back. Well, here we are. Where's my money? What are the odds the person who spray painted the house of Mitch McConnell paid income taxes? Now he paid some kind of taxes in his life, buying a product here and there, but paid income taxes. Are we taking odds? I wanna know. What are the odds of the people in California who spray painted, we want everything? Do you think those are people who are gonna be satisfied with 2,000 a month? They're not going to be satisfied with 5000 a month. They just told you, we want everything. They also don't want to pay their rent. This story got played off as vandalism, and everyone said, oh, vandalism, it's terrible. Look at what they said. That's the story. They want things for their existence. Don't tell me the nation isn't considering this socialist slide and taking it seriously. That what academia has wrought upon uh, Americans, uh, America's students doesn't have a dangerous effect, that the cultural effect isn't massive. Cancel rent. We want everything. Where's my money? Guys, this is far more frightening than just some vandalism. And you should find who did this and throw them in jail. This is about an ideology and a mindset that guarantees a country can't thrive. This is the thing to worry about. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. It's a busy week. You got the counting of the electoral votes. That's on Wednesday. Tomorrow, you've got the runoff election in Georgia for those two Senate seats. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to get the podcast at rumble.com or everything at tonycats.com. Uh, right now, the Vice President, Mike Pence, he is in Georgia. He's going to be uh, speaking to the peoples. Let's take it to the Vice President. To stand with two leaders who will support life and liberty and the freedom of every American in one more day. We need to win Georgia and save America. Ah, audio's killing me. What a shame that is. I know it's not us, but it still drives me crazy. Every now and then I always think whenever there's kind of that kind of hiccup, I think it's I think it's me. We'll try and get back to Vice President Pence as soon as we can. Weird story about the IRS. Because it involves Prince. And it involves what I can only describe as you can't actually think you can make that mistake and get away with it in America, can you? 
it's just impossible that somebody could do this. Prince, talking about the musician, Prince, right? Uh, he passes away a couple years back, and the family has got the estate, and they make the, the estimation that the estate is worth about $80 million. $80 million. It's Prince. $80 million makes sense to you? Doesn't make sense to the IRS because they've determined that the estate is worth $163 million. Double. Now, I am not a fan of the IRS. I am not a believer in the cause of the IRS. I am somebody who believes in getting rid of the income tax. I put forth to you that the income tax has never done any good anywhere at any time. The income tax has divided us. The income tax has been used to control us. There is no value in the income tax. And when we allowed the income tax in 1913, we damaged the country greatly. Never mind the fact that the income tax is flat-out theft. The income tax says that you engage in contract with someone else. You provide a service. They provide you compensation for the service. And the income tax says, hey, thanks for doing all the work. We'll take this. Well, you know, we have a country to run. I've seen the way that you run a country. Maybe you need less, not more. Maybe you need smaller piles, piles to work with, and then you could do less damage. Why does the government have a say in the contract that I engage in with somebody else? Why are they a silent partner? And if the, you, you give me the answer of, well, we, we need this money to, to run the country, no, you actually don't. I need that money to run my life. And this is part of where the breakdown is in, in society of, well, what do you believe and, and where do you think good comes from? Where do you think value comes from? Does it come from the individual or does it come from government? Right? Where, where do the, these things exist? Now, that said, I, I'm, I'm not on the side of the IRS. I'm willing to bet you that they undervalued the estate by 50% or $80 million. It involves specifically the music publishing and recording interests. IRS says the Prince's estate owes another $32.4 million in federal taxes. This is a whole nother problem. Again, not a fan of the IRS. This is about the idea that we say, oh, you died, you owe us. Oh, you did this, you owe us. Oh, something else happened, you owe us. No wonder people have this adversarial relationship with their nation because the nation has a relationship of just unadulterated hate with the people. Give you an example. I take you to New York. Please, I, I'm not taking you to New York. I love you too much to take you to New York. Who would ever do such a thing? The Buffalo Bills, and I haven't talked much about NFL. I've talked college. I haven't talked much NFL. I, honestly, if, if you want to get into the worlds of wokeism and you want to push ideas like Black Lives Matter, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm certainly not going to celebrate you. You cannot push Marxist ideology and ask me not to pay attention. Nor can you get me to accept it. You cannot decide you're going to put on, on uh, your helmets names like Michael Brown. I'm talking about Ferguson? What, what caused the Ferguson riots? 
Michael Brown, hands up, never, hands up, don't shoot, never happened. Michael Brown attacked a cop. Michael Brown charged a cop. Michael Brown broke the orbital socket of a cop. Michael Brown tried to steal the gun of a cop. I'm supposed to look at him and, and say his name? No, 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 uh-uh, yet. In Indianapolis, they wanted to do that with a guy by the name of Sean Reed, who was shot and killed by police. Say his name, they put out the tweet. Sean Reed. Problem is, is that Sean Reed was speeding in his car, wouldn't pull over, was videotaping the whole thing, uh, live streaming on Facebook, then ran, ran from police, did have a weapon on him, and according to all the reports, did fire his weapon. The special prosecutor brought no charges against the police officer who is also black. He ran from police and possibly, if not probably, shot at police. And you want me to say his name? No. And I'm not going to get involved with the NFL because of it. Because those are mistakes that are unacceptable. You go live your life. I'm just staying out. But this is a conversation of hypocrisy and where the anger is. The anger in, in this adversarial relationship is New York Mayor Cuomo, not New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. This restaurant can't open, this bar can't open, this group can't open, these people can't be open. But the Buffalo Bills got into the playoffs. Okay, we can have like six, 7,000 fans. That's cool. I'll be there myself. The Buffalo Bills are more important than Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse? Now, I didn't make that up, by the way. Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse in Manhattan was a joy, a treat. It was in the basement. You walk down like 14 stairs. Craziest place you'd ever been in your life on Christie. I grew up in New Jersey. I know these things. One of the funniest nights of my life was spent at Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse. It was a good steak. It wasn't a fine steak it was a good steak and it just announced that they're not coming back they're closing now it's new york they did it to themselves i'm not supposed to feel bad but this is a place that one of the places i remember from 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 my history they can't open up and serve customers but it's okay to put six thousand people together in the stadium and and i was and and the governor's gonna go because you know nfl it's that kind of hypocrisy. It's that kind of, of adversarial relationship where Americans say, we're done here. Or maybe they should and they don't do it enough. Maybe that's the real problem. They don't say they're done fast enough, quick enough, with enough effort. But it certainly makes everybody disgusted. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So do we have Vice President Pence down there in Georgia where they're campaigning like mad? Because they got to get at least one win. And I'm telling you, I don't have a good read. I don't have a bad feeling. I don't have a good read. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Parlor, Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The podcast at rumble.com. Just search for Tony Katz. Last week, I spent some time doing some radio in Atlanta. And I uh, was filling in and helping out. Happy to do it. It wasn't much of a vacation for me, but, uh, you know, I do what I do. I appeared on Newsmax. I was on Fox. I did a lot over the past couple weeks. And I, I, 
I spoke to people, talked to people, got information, and they don't know. They don't know how this is going to play out. And that's why Pence is down there, and that's why Trump is down there, and they are trying to ensure Republicans at least control the Senate. Do we have the vice president? Let's take it, it to him. confirms the men and women that serve on our federal judiciary. So all the progress that we have made would not have been possible without the strong and steadfast and unwavering support of Senator David Perdue and Senator Kelly Loeffler. They stood strong when we appointed all of those federal judges all across the country, and they were there when we confirmed Justice Neil Gorsuch, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and Justice Amy Coney Barrett. How great is she? I mean, it really is incredible. All along the way of the last four years, with the support of your senators, our administration has stood strong for the values we cherish most and stood strong for religious liberty. Early on, as Pastor Benny knows, we repealed the Johnson Amendment because the First Amendment freedom of speech should not end at the front door of our churches or synagogues or places of worship. We stood for the religious liberty of every American, and we made religious freedom a priority in the foreign policy goals of our administration on the world stage. Now, you all may remember the last administration was different. The last administration trampled on the religious liberty of Americans on a regular basis. It's true. They compromised the conscience rights of doctors and nurses and religious charities. The last administration even hauled a group of Catholic nuns into federal court to force them to compromise their faith to live under the federal mandates of Obamacare. It's incredible. In fact, we saw that religious intolerance in high relief just a few short years ago when Amy Coney Barrett went before the Judiciary Committee for her first nomination to the federal courts. Do you remember? The leading Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee actually said that she was concerned about how sincere Amy Coney Barrett's Christian faith was. She said, and I quote, the dogma lives loudly within you. And Hollywood liberals have been attacking Amy Coney Barrett for her faith and her values ever since. Well, I got a message for the Democrats in Washington and their friends in Hollywood. That dogma lives loudly in me. That dogma lives loudly in you. And the right to live and work and worship according to the dictates of our faith lives loudly in the Constitution of the United States of America. Now, that is one of of Mike Pence's just favorite lines. And I will tell you, to the extent that I know the vice president, that's one he took personally. This idea that Dianne Feinstein would say to Amy Coney Barrett, the dogma lives loudly in in, in you, is, is diseased nonsense. It is religious litmus test, which is specifically prohibited.
Oh, yeah. Took that very personally. That line resonates with a great, great number of people. Now, I want to get into the whole Trump phone call with the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger. I also want to get into this Rouhani threat. So I'll, I'll save the Rouhani threat against President Trump for later because it, 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 it forces a serious question that no Democrat can answer. I will get to that. The argument about this phone call, President Trump on a call with the Secretary of State of, uh, of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, this election is, is, is a problem, and President Trump says this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. So, so tell me, Brad, what are we going to do? Uh, we won the election, and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. It was a one-hour phone call, and people are isolating this in about three minutes, four minutes, and saying, see, here's Trump telling uh, the Secretary of State of Georgia to find him more votes. Is that what he said? I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. He wants to find. He didn't ask Brad Raffensperger to find. Now... That's me listening to the audio. And I've listened to a good amount of it now. I've not listened to the full hour yet. What do I think of the audio? First, I want to know who leaked it. I got to assume Raffensperger leaked it. He did admit it? Yeah, he Raffensperger said, admitted he, he leaked the audio. Yeah, he said they recorded it because yeah. they were saying if Trump misrepresented the conversation, they were going to release it, which... Right. So that's who Brad Raffensperger is. And of course, President Trump had to know that. He has to know that. Uh, Brad Raffensperger, in my view, is not a guy I would uh, want to have in my house. But what was to misrepresent? What was to misrepresent? It was to hurt so you could use any line you wanted to for any way you wanted to use it. President Trump shouldn't be engaged in these phone calls. Of course he shouldn't be. This goes without saying. Do I think what he did is the worst thing in the world? Of course not. I'm old enough to know that the press misrepresents and lies about what the president says. They take rather innocuous things and turn them into giant things. And I know this because we went through an entire impeachment trial over this exact subject. I'm not doing it twice. I'm not giving the political left that kind of power over my life. They can't have it but still not a phone call I would have made. It's not, it's not a conversation I would have had. The worst part is we will get to the place two and a half years from now, Joe Biden is president. Who knows whether or not he's still even able to stand upright. And the media will tell us in the back of the book towards the end of the broadcast, oh, by the way, we found some voter irregularities in Georgia that, if known, may have actually given the vote to Donald Trump. Oh, well, good night, America. That's going to come because, well, the odds are with it. I don't want it, but I'm sure as heck ready for it. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.